What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Yellow. And Jared Buckendall. It is me. It is him. We are socially constipated. This is the Entertainment Outhouse. We're here to give you some TV, movie, streaming, news, everything in the world of entertainment. We're going to play some games. We're going to talk about some of the headlines out there. And a lot of reviews this week. Getting toward the end of the year here. A lot of new movies, a lot of new TV coming out. So uh, you should be able to leave this show with at least a couple options. Before we get things going here, I want to remind folks to head out to sociallyconstipatedpod.com. Links there to all of our episodes on all of our shows. Comments are out there. You can join our mailing list to stay up to date with us. And then, of course, become an anchor wanker. Kick us a couple of bucks a month. Keep the show going and growing. On November 17th, that's a Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific on the J-Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. Don't miss it. We're going to do live entertainment outhouse. So some of the movies you hear us talk about tonight, we are going to follow up on. Of course, play some games as always. Those have been so much fun. So don't miss it. Come on back for that one. Again, that's on Wednesday, November 17th. Good time in the meantime, though. Get out there, comment, share. All that stuff. Join the mailing list for the secret game that we've been doing at our... Um, secret, secret. I got a secret. The Mr. Roboto game has been happening the last couple of months. If you want to go away with free movie tickets, the best chance to get them is by joining that mailing list. And of course, becoming an anchor wanker ain't going to hurt either. Wanker. All right, guys, let's get into it here. Lots to talk about today. We're going to start, as always, with game time. Jared, get your quote Rolodex ready. Seth's going to test us in making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Alrighty, making the quota. Pull the quote from a movie. Gonna read it off. These guys are gonna try and guess the character and the movie title. Collaborative game, so you guys can work together, if you please. Never. Alright, here we come. Boys! The quote is... My dear boy, do use your common sense. My books wouldn't have sold half as well if people didn't think I'd done all those things. Indeed. My books wouldn't have sold half okay. as well if people okay, didn't so think I'd done all of those things. A book? Someone that wrote a book. Oh, I, I know it. I know it. I know it. Jared knows it. Do, oh, do you know we're it? We're going to have a record. Quickest. I don't, but let's get this record for oh, quickest. Oh, shoot. Win. Wait a minute. Which one is it? Oh, God. I'm trying to think. My dear boy, do use your common sense. My books wouldn't have sold half as well if people didn't think I'd done all those things. Cody, I got a question for you. How well do you know the Harry Potter franchise? Uh, yeah, pretty well. Okay, which one's the one with Kenneth Branagh? Oh, that is... Is it the uh, second one? Gildroy Lockhart. That's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <clears throat> I don't think... Yeah, he's not in that one. Um, loser, loser. Is it the second one, the Chamber of Secrets? Oh, it is. It is. It's Chamber Harry Potter <laughs> and the Chamber of Secrets. Ding 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 ding. Oh wow. Oh, what a win. <laughs> yes! You know, that, that was a costly win because I know there's some Potterheads that listen to the show and they were probably just reaming me for having gotten that wrong. You know what's uh, funny? Before you said Goblet of Fire, that's the one I thought. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right, though. I don't remember him. No, I, I felt four. like he had a, yeah, yeah, because that's the one with, uh, my boy, what happened to my boy? <laughs> His boy got smoked so he could go shoot Twilight is what happened. Mm-hmm. 
I was going through the defense against. I knew he's Gildor Lockhart. I was going through the defense against the Dark Arts teacher. Forgot about Mad Eye Moody mm-hmm. in number that's four. That, yeah, that's ah, four. Ah, touche. See, I know plenty, guys. So if you're out there screaming in your car, Cody, I know at least for the first four. Once you get into yeah. Order of the Phoenix, you know who three is? Shit about those. Yeah, that was uh, Remus Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three, great character. That man turns into a wolf. Clutch one there, Jared. I would have taken forever. You nailed it. Kenneth Branagh, he's got a movie coming out this weekend. Seth has already got a sneak peek, so you'll hear about that one coming up in our reviews later. Peek sneak. A peek sneak Peaky there. sneaky. <laughs> we are giving a shout-out to the Potterheads out there. The Chamber of Secrets getting, which actually, I just remembered, I watched like half an hour of, like a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Oh, really? Um, was on TV? Yeah. Something like that? No, I was at my girlfriend's place, and her roommate uh, was watching it with a date of hers. And so we just kind of enjoyed kind of the first 40 minutes maybe or so. And then I'm pretty sure, too, that it was like my ninth or 10th birthday party we went to that movie, too. Seth, that would have been you when you were at, right? Do you remember? Did we do that? Probably. Was that that year? We went to it a couple of them. Cause it, yeah. it came out in November pretty commonly back then. So we're giving Dobby the sock this week and uh, freeing him from making the quota. <laughs> What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Was giving Dobby the sock some sort of weird innuendo? <laughs> Ayo. Wow. Dobby has gotten a sock. If you ever have a Potterhead that you're trying to bed, I just let him know you're going to give him a sock. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gets him all fired up. They don't want any of my socks. Oh, God, you're probably right. Ugh. Oh, that's nasty. Because if you're giving them a sock, they're definitely turning into a moaning myrtle. <laughs> oh, wow. There it is. Just watch where you're aiming. They might end up like a Mad-Eye Moody. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. man. Accio semen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, definitely have a protection spell. Otherwise, you're going to have a goblet of fire after you're done. Ooh. <laughs> oh, damn. All right, we got to get back to the show. After we finish this, I'm going to want my willow, so I want to get her. <laughs> All you fantastic beasts out there, we are going to roll into some of the headlines, a couple of key things from this last week. Time for bathroom reading. You've got to watch out for Mo- Moaning Myrtle when you get to the bathroom. We'll see if she's in there. Sitting on the toilet. Sitting on the toilet. Bathroom reading for the week. We're going to kick things off. With Disney Plus Day. Seems like everything has a day now. Netflix's Tadums <laughs> uh, a couple of months ago. Of course, there's Prime Day, all sorts of days. A couple of days ago was National Fried Chicken Day. Mm. Yeah, National Fried Chicken Day. Today, of course, Wednesday. Big day, Ooh, of course. Yeah, good mm. day, good day. Friday, Rebecca Black's Day. Mm. Yep. If you're not enjoying Friday, if you're not enjoying any other day of the week, you might be enjoying Disney Plus Day. Jared, you're going to have to give us the rundown on this. It's not something I'm familiar with, and you said it's a little bit different than what we've seen, for example, from Netflix lately. Yeah, so this uh, this Disney Plus Day, I personally thought at first it was like that Disney investor meeting that happened, like, what, last year or two years? I mean, you know, it was last year where they kind of teased and showed all of these upcoming shows and trailers and you know, everyone was getting hyped, and it was like a four-hour spectacle. I thought that that's what was going on with this. And this is more of, hey, like Disney+, Plus, it's the second-year anniversary, let's celebrate it. And apparently, announcements, and, and again, I'll get into this in a little bit, but announcements, or the day, you know, quotes, starts at, like, I guess our time, central time, 8 a.m. Or, or 6, what, western? Western? Yeah, 6 western. Is it called western? 
Oh my gosh. Wow. I did that same six, thing earlier, but it's specific, yeah. <laughs> 6 a.m. specific time, because it's specifically 6 o'clock. It's specifically Western. <laughs> yes. Um, but one of the, I, I, just a handful of things here. Some of the big announcements is if you don't have Disney+, Plus, you can sign up, and the first month is only $1.99, so you can cash in on that cool deal right there. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I am losing it tonight. I did not. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet there we go i'm back the human torch was denied a <laughs> oh man two people out there are gonna understand that <laughs> disney plus you can get it for super cheap again the first month it's it's a dollar 99 but then it will jump back up to i think the new price of 7.99 a month they're actually bumping that up marvel movies there's 13 different marvel movies that now you can watch them in enhanced IMAX format so if you don't know what that is basically when you go see a movie in IMAX there's a little bit more on the top and the bottom and you can apparently watch that on your TV now with a select pick of the MCU movies I I don't know how that's going to specifically work because I'm assuming it's going to be like the Snyder Cut where it's just a box with black bars on the sides of your screen. If, you, if you're if you a Marvel rewatch person, test it out this weekend, I guess. But then there's just a bevy of like shows and movies that they're dropping on the platform. So for example, we have Shang-Chi that is coming to the platform, Jungle Cruise, the new Home Alone movie, Home Alone or Home Sweet Home Alone, Olaf Presents, a bunch of shorts. And then kind of some behind-the-scenes stuff where, you know, we're getting uh, Under the Helmet of Boba Fett, uh, the Marvel Assembled, which I think, Cody, you said that you watched a couple of those, right? Love these. I just watched the Black Widow one last week. Super good. They all, like they all are. Uh, big fan. Uh, I haven't watched the What If one, but that's out there as well. Big recommend. I see we got Shang-Chi uh, Assembled coming up. Definitely going to check that one out. Looks super dope. So yeah, there's just kind of a bunch of things that it's not specific times on this day, but they're just boom. Hey, it's on Disney Plus. If you haven't already gotten Disney Plus, there's a bunch of new things to for you to watch. Uh, I mean, Shang Chi, I guess, right there. If you haven't seen it in movie theaters, might be super cheap to just get a month of Disney Plus and then bounce out. But the interesting thing is, I was reading through this where it feels a little gross for me, but again, that's Disney. Not only are they doing the Disney Plus deal where it's dollar ninety nine, but they're doing a bunch of like shopdisney.com deals that are related to anything that has been on Disney Plus. So basically if you're a merch type person, you can probably get a bunch of free or not free stuff, but a bunch of discounted stuff on their websites. But the one thing that again, Disney Plus day, I'm like, oh, what exactly does that mean? It just sounds like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you can watch on our platform now. But they're saying that throughout the day, I don't know if it's going to be hourly, you know, every four hours, something like that, they're going to be dropping new announcements and trailers. There's there's a rumor about an Obi, the first look at the Obi-Wan series, I believe, that's coming to Disney+. Plus. I don't know when that's coming, but it just sounds like they're trying to make a big deal out of it. Personally, after reading through this, it feels like it's pretty hollow what they're actually trying to do here but cool you know disney plus has been around for what two years now i mean this this year specifically we've had you know mcu show mcu show mcu show and then we're gonna get a hawkeye and uh boba fett coming up pretty soon but i think that this year it finally i wouldn't say necessarily hit its stride they get a lot of eyeballs for those six to eight to nine weeks of those mcu shows yeah disney plus is here man I think we talked a little while back. They're on pace to pass Netflix in like a few years in terms of uh, membership. Got a uh, piece of news here from Disney. This is a, kind of a slight bummer news. 
the Rogue Squadron movie, which is going to be directed by Patty Jenkins. You know, talk about the the famous group of, of uh, X-Wing fighters, Rogue Squadron. That movie's going to be delayed. That was originally going to come out next December, I believe, 2022. It sounds like Patty Jenkins has some scheduling conflicts, and so they're delaying it so that she can take care of whatever else she's working on, then come back for Rogue Squadron. So still coming out, but uh, delayed for now. So you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer on Rogue Squadron. I know that's one a lot of folks were listen, uh, looking forward to, but gotta have to wait a touch longer now. So we'll see. You know what? I think it's just so weird that, I don't know, this is how I feel where Star Wars was such a huge thing. And now we don't really get much content regarding Star Wars. It's all just Marvel stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. They know that Marvel is what's what's paying the bills right now. And if you can just drop a Mandalorian, I, I feel like they feel like they don't need to do much more than Mandalorian, but we do have Obi-Wan uh, coming out and I'm sure I'm forgetting some other stuff. I mean, they but. announced a ton of stuff like that, that the Kenobi, Boba Fett that is coming up pretty soon, the Cassian Endor series. I think there's a couple Ahsoka. other ones in there. Ahsoka is going to have Anakin, yep. uh, well, Vader in it, Hayden Christensen back, so people will be excited for that one. going to be interesting. More Star Wars on the way. Rogue Squadron a touch further out. Leaving the Disney sphere. Seth, this is something that I know you were looking for for a long time. I want to say Showtime, correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. on that, recently rebooted or revived one of your favorites, and I know one that a lot of other people liked, kind of getting another chance at bringing this on one in for a clean landing. You got the new Dexter <laughs> reboot coming up. What do you think so far? Yeah, so if you either you need a, a Showtime login, there's a fair amount of movies on there, actually, um, looking at the Showtime app. So I'll share that password with you guys. Uh, Ooh, there we go. Check the show showtime. notes. Yeah, not not the, not the, the yeah, definitely not sharing it with the, the audience, but uh, nope, check the show notes. <laughs> follow, us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll get that out there, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, now you guys aren't getting it. <laughs> Damn. Again, it is in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so Dexter, new blood. Ten years since the uh, original run ended. And uh, it's definitely different. So Dexter is still in the town, which I uh, guess you find out it's in New York. I don't know if they say that at the end of the movie in or not. New but, or York. show or not. but. So he's in the woods and is living a life of solitude now, or at least you think. Seems like he's been integrated in, into this town pretty well. He's got himself a girlfriend. He's uh, Jim Lindsay is his name now. And uh, he just works at a sporting goods store and pr- things are pretty quiet. You see that he's starting to kind of see people and talk to people that aren't there. They also introduce some characters from the original run of the show. So they kind of integrate some old and new with this. Obviously, it's Dexter, so there's going to be some serial killing. But the reason they the reason they bring him back is bring the show back. It makes sense. They wrote it all in a way that makes sense. I'm intrigued. I'm hoping that it's better than how it finished out. And honestly, like at this point, if everyone who you know wants wanted to be involved from the original run. You know, wanted to do it, and they want to tell the story. I'm, I'm all in for it. First episode, though, I did like a lot. Again, uh, a fair amount of differences. Like it just looks like a better, sh- like the quality, the how everything looks, how everything shot, just looks like a better show. Seen, they definitely put a lot more money into this. I think. I was bummed though they didn't have at least for the first episode they didn't have the Dexter theme music, which makes me sad because that's one of my favorite themes. It's just a catchy tune. And this one didn't have a theme song at all. But otherwise, I don't really have a whole lot to complain. You get a little bit of the Dexter that you know and like, but then you also, they kind of change it up. So I'm glad that it's not just a you know carbon copy either. I'm glad that they kind of 
basically from that first episode, they give you a reason for bringing it back and, you know, continuing the story, at least, you know, finishing out. And I don't know if they'll plan on doing more seasons after this one or not, but they definitely could, I think, just based off of what I, where I think it's going so far. But overall, I like it. I'm going to keep watching. Nice. See, one of my questions concerning this was, is this just kind of a one last hurrah, one last kind of limited, you know, one series or, or season? But it sounds like they could potentially, hey, this is kind of a reboot following the story. We can yeah. keep this going. With it being, you know, again, called like New Blood. Um, yeah. It seems to me like they are going to set this up for potentially more. So, huh. We'll see. I, I don't I I don't know though for certain, but it just seems like what they with what they introduced, there could be this could be the new like a new franchise, let alone just like a new season, like now it's new blood, like its own series type of thing. That's another question I got. How many times do do shows do this? You know, they kind of have this weird, okay, boom, it's done. We're gonna spin it off. It's kind of a it, it it's a continuation, but it's its new thing. Will and Grace did it. Uh, Fuller House did it for really successful. Wait, actually. Will and Grace did it? Yeah, they brought. That oh back yeah, a they years did. Ago. Yeah. They got a couple of seasons out of that. I'm trying to think. I I know there are others. Oh, Queer Eye, they did it, and they've been successful. So it it's doable. It's tough, but doable. And people liked Dexter. Every people liked Dexter all the way up until the end, from what I understand. So I'm glad that uh, it's kicking off in a way that's enjoyable. I hope it continues that way. Obviously with so much time in between they must have thought it out and had a story they felt like they believed in so hopefully that continues to be good especially if you're out there on showtime paying for a subscription to watch it so hope that continues to hold up for you yeah you, you better uh, get on whatever you're gonna watch on stars that's that's gonna be ending soon shit yeah you're right. I, I have one episode left of heels and then it's going bye-bye all right I gotta get serious on my. Cut the show. We gotta watch stars. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. We gotta go to that. Uh, happy, but happy Disney Plus day. Now, One Piece. I saw this today, and I could not not mention it. Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously a favorite of this show, certainly of myself. Uh, got an idea of what he might be doing for one of his next projects. Apparently, he is in final talks to play Jim Jones in an MGM feature written by Scott Rosenberg. Jim Jones, if you don't know, was the head of essentially a cult, the cult that drank the Kool-Aid and they mm-hmm. all died. That was his people. It's an, it's a really um, thoroughly studied story that's happened. So there's a lot of movies and things about it. Uh, there was one called the, I want to say the ritual, maybe is what it was called that I really enjoyed a couple of years back. It was, actually, it was probably like 2012 or so when it came out. Him as Joe, I mean... The whole thing about a cult leader is that they have such charisma that they just hypnotize people. DiCaprio already has that. So I'm really interested. I hope that this comes through and uh, they get him locked in because I really want to see him in that role, kind of using his charisma for evil. And we've seen him do versions of that in another, you know, in other ones. But I think this could really get into the realm of creepy, borderline scariness. And I don't remember seeing DiCaprio in that. So I don't know what you guys think. I don't know how uh, how familiar you are with the Jim Jones, Jonestown incident, but DiCaprio in that role could be very fucking creepy. I'm so excited to see this. Yeah, I, I saw this headline today. Um, also, fun fact, Jones Soda, This is that's where that came from, yeah, Jonestown. <laughs> um, so go get yourself a nice soda. I mean, once I read the headline, I was like, yeah, of course, get this guy. I mean, he, he can... He's very persuasive just the way he looks in real life, you know, getting these young, young, attractive women, I'm sure... Uh, I don't know, man. It it could be pretty wacky, weird, and whatnot. I I guess I don't know what's what's this uh, writer dude. What's he done? 
So Scott Rosenberg is the writer. He's been a producer on a number of things, but for writing, he he wrote Jumanji 2. Um, he wrote Venom. I know that's not getting points with Seth. Oh, hell yeah. The first Jumanji also, by the way. Some TV series I don't recognize. He wrote Kangaroo Jack. Oh, God. Oh, dude, this movie <laughs> is gonna kill. <laughs> oh, but wait. Gone in 60 Seconds. High Fidelity. I know that one's well. Ooh, Con Air? Con Air, yep. So maybe we're gonna get, maybe we get a, a Nick Cage going toe-to-toe with Leo DiCaprio at some point in this movie. Dude, this guy's career is all over the place. He wrote an episode of Tales from the Crypt. That's fucking awesome. This doesn't tell me anything about whether or not to trust this cat. Um, (laughs) But with DiCaprio, I got it. If DiCaprio's interested, it must be something he feels like he can chew on. We'll see how this goes. I hope hope we get it, whatever it is. Even if it ends up being bad, I want to see how he, how DiCaprio plays that. Could be fun. All right, so our first impression is that DiCaprio would be good as Jones. Uh, Seth's first impression of Dexter, New Blood, is that it's off to a promising start. We're bummed out about Rogue Squadron getting kicked back, but we are excited because it's Disney Plus Day. Hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy that confusing-ass IMAX format that we now get at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got for bathroom reading. Sitting on a toilet. Now flush. And we've got quite a list of movies uh, from last week and this coming one, so we're going to dive right into our reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! So, you guys reviewed this last week, so I'll be quick, but I caught Last Night in SoCo. SoCo. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man! Slip of the tongue. Last Night in Soho, which is the new Edgar Wright movie, Thomas and McKenzie stars alongside Anya Taylor-Joy. This movie's fucking dope. I'm trying to remember some of the stuff you guys highlighted. The the editing is top notch. Everything's so smooth. They cut back and forth often, showing you like people who are in mirrors, people who aren't, and it switches. And the way that they cut without cutting, very well done. I love the camera work here. The lighting kind of gave that neon. Reminded me of Promising Young Woman. Kind of had that neon aesthetic that was really cool. Music is fun. Thomas and Mackenzie's great as the lead in this she's like 19 or something now she's gonna be she's gonna have such a huge career that seth called like four years ago when Seth <laughs> leave no trace so you get credit for that one anya taylor joy is is captive she she the movie is kind of about thomas and mckenzie becoming obsessed with anya taylor joy and it is like you you'll you'll get there too like she is haunting in this not in a scary way but in like a you don't want to look you want to know what she's up to and you want to follow her around and I haven't seen her in that role. She's like playing for sex appeal in this, and I don't remember having seen her do that before. So you never watched Queen's Gambit? <laughs> I yeah. have kind of forgotten about that. She does. She does some sexy things in that. But yeah, no, the chess is not it. I don't know if you rub the top of the little queen. It looks like a <laughs> <laughs> like Austin Powers style. Yes, yeah, so I knew I didn't make that up. I don't even play chess that much. This is dope. This is dope. Last night in Soho. The one thing I will add to what you guys said: this movie is very tight. I, I sat in kind of thinking it was going to be something like epic and large scale. I don't want to say a small story, but it's all tight. Like there's no wasted motion here. It comes in in less than two hours. It is what it is. And I, I, it is increasingly rare that we see a movie that truly is meant to stand alone. And this is that. And so it was refreshing. It, it threw me off a little bit because I was like, where's the universe building? For a movie that is meant to just be what you watch in the theater... I really liked that, and it moved at a pace that was exciting the whole time, kept me interested. 
Big recommend for Last Night in Soho, uh, and see it in the theaters too. There's, there's uh, the visuals and the sound are great for this. But yeah, Thomas and Mackenzie, I'm, I'm on board there with you, Seth. You called it earlier, but I, I'm on the bandwagon for sure. So, very good one. You guys weren't wrong. Last Night in Soho, and we switch gears to more recently released. Seth, we finally got the Watch. Kristen Stewart biopic for Princess Diana, and you caught it. What'd you think? Yeah, Kristen Stewart stars as Diana. I didn't really know who the director was. Pablo Lorraine is their name. Petey uh, Pablo did this? Petey Pablo. He did Jackie as well. He directed that one, that the Natalie Portman movie. Oh, I didn't see that one, but I feel like you liked that one. I didn't see that one either. But uh, so yeah, Dispenser, Kristen Stewart, she plays Princess Diana. This takes place, see, I, going into this, I was thinking, oh, this is probably just going to be an overall biopic and kind of show eventually leading up to her, you know, infamous death. And it's not that. It takes place over three days, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day or day after Christmas. And it's really about her and her kind of like mental state and also her relationship with her husband and her kids and the royal family in general. And I think this one of the, not really issues, but because I think the movie as a whole, I enjoyed it and it's well done. But... It does require you to know at least a little bit about the overall situation she was in, not just, you know, knowing that she died in a car accident, but really just the whole situation she was in with the family, how her and her husband were kind of, they had problems and that the family never really accepted her and that she had, you know, there was rumors of mental health issues and that the family was hiding it and things like that. None of which I knew going in, and I was told after by uh, someone at work after I was talking about the movie that they knew a fair amount about the about Princess Diana, and so they filled in a lot of stuff for me. And I'm like, okay, that all makes a lot more sense. So I like the movie a lot. I think it's well acted. I wouldn't say a lot. I like the movie. I think it's really well acted. Kristen Stewart is awesome. You you don't really see Kristen Stewart in this role. Uh, it's she looks very very different and does a good job with the accent and everything like that. It takes some interesting choices. Like there's almost, there's a couple jump scares in the movie, which I wasn't a fan of. Um, <laughs> there is also a couple moments where it, it felt like almost like there was like spirit, like they kind of put in like spirits, things like not ghosts, but just like memories or because it's like a mental health type movie, like she's seeing things or picturing things or whatever. So there's some of those, that stuff going on there, but it relates in to what she's dealing with some dream sequences, things like that. It could have been, you know, like where they, where they could have gone with a straightforward biopic. They made those choices, which, again, I, I liked some of those choices, but might not be what everyone everyone's cup of tea. I don't know. If you have any interest in Princess Diana, that story, that everything, you know, that happened back then, then I would say check this out. If you want to see Kristen Stewart act well, I would say check it out. If you don't know, though, anything about the royal family, especially that period of time, I would say do a little research beforehand going into it, and you'll get more out of the movie itself. That's probably the one thing I wish I could have done before is, is just, a, just a kind of basic research. But I think it's a well-done movie, and Kristen Stewart's really good. That was going to be my question right there, where you t- said you talked with a coworker or whatever. Would you be lost if, I mean, I pretty much just know her. I don't know much about her life. Like, would I be lost? Would I miss some context? You, you definitely miss a little context because they don't outright just tell you everything. Like, they introduce her kids early on, but then you don't, they don't say till later that, you know, it's Harry and William. Mm-hmm, Is that the other mm-hmm. one? 
and they kind of give you hints that her husband is being is it charles how's his yeah. name they are they're having issues and there is some infidelity and stuff like that but they hint at it like none of it's told outright so if you know the story going in you can kind of make the assumption like that this is a certain because they don't even say like the year they just say christmas boxing ah, day interesting so again kind of make you assume that you know things go you know about the family in general going mm-hmm. in. but it's not it doesn't it's not a, it's not a hindrance to the enjoyment i think what you know going you know going in is enough to at least know who she was essentially and i think you can probably make out all the stuff throughout watching it but it definitely did take me out at times think trying to like think through all that stuff yeah that's a tricky thing with biopics uh you don't want to be too heavy-handed and give everything but then you don't want to assume that the audience knows too much either so interesting one what sticks with me though kristen stewart it's it's funny because both she and robert pattinson have have gotten to that point now post twilight that like they're getting a lot of respect as actors yeah and uh they're kind of laying down the blueprint for how to have the ya career and then come back later and have the critically acclaimed one good good on them because i like both of them as actors and from what i've seen in their personalities in general that's good news i'm i, I want to be in a world where kristen stewart's an awesome actor so that's cool Speaking of awesome actors, Jared, we said last week Disney Plus pretty much just went out and bought the most lovable idea for a movie of all time. How do they achieve it? Do they do they get you there with uh, Tom Hanks and did I say Disney? Apple Plus is what I mean. They got their new one from last weekend. Yeah, Apple TV Plus. Everything's got a plus. Everything's got a TV. So I think we teed this up last week. Finch, we have Tom Hanks, we have a dog, we have a robot. How can you go wrong with this movie? And that's kind of the core. That's the thing that really worked. And I guess uh, the setup. It's kind of this post-apocalyptic world. You find out through kind of some story beats, just the world. There was a solar flare. And it took out a lot of people because uh, the radiation's high. The heat is really, really high. And he's one of the last, like, kind of few people, obviously, on all of the Earth. But he's, like, a doctor in a, in a kind of, like, research lab. I don't know. One of the last people or you know, last places that you could still survive. So he, or essentially the concept of this is he knows he's not going to live forever. So he builds a robot to essentially take care of his dog when he passes. So right there, it's it's tugging at the heartstrings because it's it's anyone that you know tom hanks given emotion but also the connection between man and dog the pup and everything can't watch this one yeah and that's the thing is i said in my review this didn't really resonate with me because i never had a dog growing up but i know that people if you had a dog if you're watching the movie with your dog you're gonna break down in tears because there's beats and and story situations and just the you know hey i'm not gonna be here forever the dog's not gonna be here forever you know it's kind of emotional where where that is and i think that that's basically kind of the message going throughout this movie does it hold for that like one hour and 40 minutes i don't necessarily think so i mean i think the robot who is voiced by oh god what's his name caleb something he i think bruce he was Falange. yeah bruce falanche there we go i believe it was bruce falanche is the voice of the robot no i think it's like caleb something he was either in game of thrones or in one of the john wick movies i can't remember caleb landry jones oh he was in get out he's oh a, I, oh he's I the like brother him. yeah creepy dude oh three billboards he was toad oh yeah he looks like a racist yeah yeah Uh, definitely 
He looks, if I saw him on the street, I would cross it. <laughs> okay, so he's the voice of the robot, and I think he does a fairly good job voicing the robot. The The special effects or the mocap or however they captured this robot, it looked pretty clean because he's moving and interacting with uh, Tom Hanks fairly well. I think the biggest thing that is missing from this movie is almost fleshing everything out. Again, the message between the the dog, the owner, whatever, very much heartwarming. But there's like suspense in a certain scene where they maybe go into a building that they're not supposed to. And then Tom Hanks is like, what are you doing? Essentially talking to the robot because, you know, the robot's a child. It just kind of was born yesterday. And I was like, oh, we're going to find out like what happen to the humans that are still alive or what has really taken over the earth but we never get that it just very much sticks with the robot the dog and tom hanks so heartwarming for bits and pieces but i just don't think that that kind of dog and and owner story lasts the full runtime you're heartless i know sorry no soul on this dude apple tv plus you still gotta execute it sounds like there's some things people are going to like. Good dog movie. Uh, I didn't realize that tw- that thing about the robot, that it's designed to uh, keep the dog after Tom Hanks goes. So, oof. Yeah, I bet you that's going to jerk at you. No surprise there. So, Finch, Tom Hanks, and the crew out there on Apple TV Plus now. Uh, a middling, I would say, uh, thumbs up from JB there. Seth, we were talking before the show, and I, I know you enjoyed this one. You caught it on a limited release, but it's coming wide this weekend. Uh, the latest from Kenneth Branagh. Open wide. Um, yeah, I was able to, my, my theater had some uh, early, free early screenings for loyalty memories, members, and so me and uh, a bunch of old people saw Belfast <laughs> on Monday night. So uh, Kenneth Branagh, I believe he wrote it. I know he directed it. Yes, he wrote it as well takes place in the 1969, nice, Mm -hmm. in uh, Belfast, Ireland. Essentially around the time there were basically riots going around. There was some um, battling between the Protestants and Catholics, religious groups, and things got to a heated point, and they were going back and forth in Ireland. And essentially some neighborhoods were getting barricaded off based off of what religion you were because they didn't want people to be keep getting attacked. And so... Movie takes place primarily in this little neighborhood where Buddy is the main character's name. He's a he's a boy. He says his age at some point, but I think he's around like somewhere between like eight and ten or so. He's played by Jude Hill, who's I think this is his first movie, and he is awesome. A couple of other known actors uh, actors in this one: Jamie Dornan plays his father, Judy Dench plays his grandmother, and then Catriona Balfi, Balfi, Balf, Balfi. I don't know. Balafi. She is, yeah, she is, she is in Ford versus Ferrari as uh, Christian Bale's wife. That's the one I remember her from. What about from Escape Plan? Yeah. With Sly Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and 50 yeah, Cent? Yeah, dude. Come on. Then a 50 Cent in it twice, I would see it. But <laughs> I didn't know a ton about this going into it. Honestly, I thought it was a musical going in, into it because in the trailer, Jamie Dornan's singing. And there's like it, the whole trailer is backed by him singing. So I'm like, oh, this is a musical. Not a musical. Really, it's just that one song that's sang in the movie. And it's not really a biopic, but it essentially is Kenneth Branagh making a movie, almost like a memory, a memoir about his life growing up at that age in Belfast and him discovering his love of movies and art. There are some pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say obvious, but if you know some of his work, you'll see some references in there to some of the stuff he's directed and, and been in. But then there's also just some some really cool ways that they... So the, the movie is essentially in black and white through most of the movie. And there's some cool ways that they 
will change up some of that. I'll leave it at that because I think it's really cool to experience. The movie is more of a, I mean, it's it's a drama, but it's also funny. Like it's lighthearted. So it's not, it's not like, you know, with, with the subject matter being around that time and being in black and white, you would expect it to be kind of like this stuffy, serious drama. And it's really more of a kind of a feel good family movie. Like there's some dramatic stuff that happens and you know, whatnot, but at the end of the day, it's it's a movie about this family and kind of the, the love they have for their hometown, kid discovering love for movies, uh, love that they have for each other. Like, it's very much a, a movie about family and, and, you know, discovering things and also appreciating what you have. So I really, really like this movie a lot. I was shocked that I enjoyed it as much as I did because I, I was expecting it to be the stuffy movie and more serious, and it wasn't. It was really centered around this kid who was awesome and... I don't know if it's just based off the age or what, but he he's just a kid who's curious and is just a good mannered kid who's funny and sweet and all the everyone in the town loves him and you know knows him and he's just kind of he's just going around being you know a, a good kid <laughs> and it's just really good. It's a really nice heartwarming movie and I think if you like if you know if you have any sort of love of movies like I think you'll get a bit of appreciation for for this movie out of that you you he does a good job of like showing that kind of those those moments of looking back when you were a kid or younger discovering movies of like some of those feelings which i think is really cool so i like this a lot one of my favorites of the year for sure it's in my top 10 whoa i'd say i'd say check it out for sure guys it's on my top movies movies of of the the year It's funny, before the show started, I I knew nothing about this movie, but I had seen a trailer, and I said something to the effect of, I saw the trailer, and I don't care. And then you told us a little bit about it then, and then obviously this review, and completely changed my mind. Like, I'm going to see if I can track this down. I know it's playing at my theater this weekend, so it made me interested in this one set. So we'll go see, and I love Brannick, so if it's up to his standards, I'm pretty happy. We'll see how Belfast is this weekend. If you missed the limited release you can catch it wide wherever you live perhaps the widest release uh, they typically always are the widest is the latest in the mcu we've got eternals came out last week everybody saw this caught it over the weekend and let's set it up so eternals are this sort of race of heroes that were created by the celestials the celestials are these giant like fucking galaxy sized beings that like create planets and shit they created the eternals to help them in you know the management of the universe and so selma hayek heads up this group there's like seven or eight of them and she is kind of the team lead they go down and basically their job is to protect the people of earth from these evil things Uh, the deviants the deviants yes so the deviants are wrecking, wrecking havoc on Earth, and the Eternals go down and have to put a stop to that. Because the Eternals are Eternals, which basically means they don't age, their story takes place over the course of something like 7,000 years. So there's a lot to take in here. There's a ton of exposition. You've got to get to know a lot of new characters. You've got to learn a lot of new lore. What I liked about this is that they moved through history in an interesting way. I always like when something turns back the clock and shows you you didn't know this from the history books, but actually the Eternals were involved in this historical event from the past. And so you get a little bit of that, which I really enjoyed. 
the cast I, I liked in this. You've got Gemma Chan as kind of the lead, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kit Harington has a nice role in this, Kumail Nanjiani, who I'm still going to beat up, uh, <laughs> Leah, <laughs> Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, and Barry Keoghan, who I like a lot. I think ultimately in this movie, my takeaways were, one, that's the MCU. It moves the story along a little bit. You get a little bit of new info, a couple characters and things like that. But I wasn't super impressed by this. I liked parts of it. I thought it looked amazing. The visuals were super cool. But they took this awesome cast, and I thought that they kind of gave them... I don't think they had a great script from which to work. I thought some of the dialogue was a little clunky here, and it made them look like worse actors than they are, because you know everyone in this is an amazing actor. And I I didn't get as much of that as I hoped. And for a movie that had the scope that this has, I don't know, for some reason I wasn't able to feel the epicness of it in general. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they wanted to get more intimately involved with the characters or whatever. I didn't dislike this movie. I ended up kind of thinking it was, yeah, cool, all right. But I much preferred like Shang-Chi a couple months ago. Even Black Widow, I at least at least liked as much. So interested in your guys' take on this, because for me, it was pretty middle of the road. I liked some of the new info that we got about the wider MCU, but this one didn't turn me on as much as some of the other stuff we've seen lately. Jared, what did you think? It's kind of funny because uh, behind the scenes, we haven't mentioned or talked about this movie amongst us until right now. So I, I have no idea how... You guys were reacting or or thought about the movie. I would say, yeah, I'm on par with you, Cody. I mean, maybe a little lower. It just, for myself, I don't know. It felt like um, just you're throwing a lot of information at me. I've grown or been conditioned for these movies to just be like, not necessarily don't pay attention, but like Seth, you know, turn your brain off and enjoy the movie. And for myself, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm keeping track of this thing and this thing over here. And okay, where's that person? And who are these people's names again? I don't know. Maybe it was just a lot of mental gymnastics for myself because I, I have to admit, I, I dozed off twice during this movie. <laughs> I never, ever have that happen, but I f- fell asleep a little bit. I don't know, man. It just didn't connect for me. And I don't know if it was the characters. I don't know if it was the dialogue. The exposition just did not work for me. A lot of the jokes, I think that they try to give jokes to everyone, but the one that I specifically, every time he was talking, I'm like, okay, here comes a joke, was Kamel. They very much kind of used him as the comedic relief, which again, you know, that's his background, but I'm like, let's not. I mean, you know, people were hating on Rotten Tomatoes about giving it way too low of a score. I, I just didn't care for it, really. It didn't move me, really. And it, it, what stinks about it is they had opportunities, too. Like, there was lots of good... They're, each of the characters kind of going through their own thing. And I thought Sprite's thing was super interesting to me. Some of the others... I don't want to get too far in because it, it gets into spoiler territory, but Druig, that character, was really fascinating to me. So they it seemed like they had the stuff there, and they chose to focus on the wrong things at different times is a little bit frustrating for me of note though incredibly diverse you could tell that that was a, a point they were trying to make a uh, very diverse cast there's a there's one deaf character i i don't know for sure but i think we might have the mcu's first openly gay character in this maybe yeah, the second we do. depends on if you don't count one of superhero. the superheroes from endgame yeah, yeah i yeah. think it's first openly gay superhero is what the, what they've been classifying it as there we go. There we go. So cool to see some of that stuff. It just, I don't know, maybe it felt a little bit mu- like they were trying to check a bunch of boxes and forgot to make it an awesome movie. 
because <laughs> um, they checked all those boxes and it was they were right there on the one yard line and they just didn't plow it in for me. I don't know, Seth. Were it, are we being too critical or, did, or are you are you in the same boat as us on Eternals? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad movie by any means. I was entertained by it. I actually made it through like the I didn't I thought the two and a half hours moved relatively quick. I was entertained. Yeah, I think it, I mean in terms of I guess negatives or gripes, I think they kind of didn't learn from their own like. I guess they didn't take their own advice and that they just kind of threw a bunch of characters together at once at us and didn't give time beforehand to introduce any of them or care give about any, them. Yeah. Like give a lot of backstory. It's just like they kind of, they did the Avengers first with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's such a good explanation. Yes. This feels very justice league in that way. Right, and it also, but even with Justice League, it's like you had a couple movies there, and you, I mean, you know who those characters are really going in this. Like, unless you're a super diehard comic book fan, you don't really know who these characters are. And by the end of it, in terms of the MCU, the current MCU anyway, like it doesn't really matter. Like it matters, but it doesn't. Like it doesn't really impact any of the characters that we know now. I don't know. Like it felt like they were just kind of. They're off kind of like this didn't need to take place on Earth at all. No, I, I, I'm catching what you're saying. Basically, it's like, OK, this was a world ending catastrophe on Earth that didn't really yeah. need to be but, like it didn't affect anything because it's like it didn't touch on anything that like we've had years of these people that are saving the world. Where were they? You know, I don't and I don't even care about that. It doesn't impact none of the like there's no real impact on like sure there's like one moment that happens on earth that i'm, I'm sure could ha- like be shown or have you know have consequences but in terms of the like what we see right now like there's no all of that happens in this movie is all happening to to the eternals like there's no you know with almost all of every other mcu movie there's like this character pops in you know like the you you they reference another character this one all felt within their own thing even though there are a few references to the mcu ultimately like it's all its own thing so i didn't really that it just seemed like it could have happened anywhere else could have happened on some other planet could have happened on anywhere other than earth (laughs) and so for me it's like what consequence ultimately was there with this again though i enjoyed some of the action i think some of the powers are cool looked great i thought some of the jokes i enjoyed some of the jokes i laughed but it was a movie yeah. I think it's better than some of the, like, it's. I think it's better than Thor 2. I think it's better than Iron Man 2. You know, it's not, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. I just don't think it was a great movie. I'm with you there too. This has an opportunity to grow on me. I didn't want to be, I, I did like it. Yeah. You're, like you said, Seth, it, it kept me entertained. I, I didn't fall asleep. I laughed at, you know, several of the jokes and all that stuff. And so it just didn't, I guess if you're an MCU fan, probably you've already seen it, but it, this isn't. Like, I didn't feel how I felt like when I came out of the Winter Soldier, where I was like, fuck, dude, this is awesome. I can't wait to see what's next. I was just like, yeah, okay, this next chapter, I'm probably never going to watch it again. Probably won't think about it very much. A couple things from, like, the end of the movie and post-credits and things that are intriguing to me. One thing that is especially of interest to me that uh, we'll have to leave off for spoilers, but I think we're all in the same boat. That this was like, yeah, okay, more MCU. All right, let's see what's Mm -hmm. next now. Luckily, we don't have to wait very long because uh, we got Spidey coming out next month. I don't want to entirely hate because, again, this was a gorgeous movie, and I think it was yeah. well acted. It's just uh, there was there was that special element of 
I don't know that was missing. And also, there's an antagonist situation that felt like it was never solved for myself, specifically yeah. with the deviance. And I'll just leave it there. Yeah, the antagonist situation. It, it, interesting antagonist situation is a good way to put that. Put that. Put this movie. I'm worried I'll start spoiling shit if we go further. But <laughs> Eternals, yeah, don't get us wrong. We we all enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's perfectly fine. Just didn't do whatever that extra little sauce is. Not quite enough icing on the top of the cake for us. So not going to be near the top of our MCU. But of course, it's an essential watch uh, if you're following what's going on in Marvel. So strap in, go check this one out. Maybe check it out on D+. If uh, you want to hold off for a bit and save your IMAX money. But uh, Eternals, the latest in the MCU, kind of middling reviews from us here. Sounds like Belfast is the watch of the week. Spencer and Finch also getting shouts out. And then Last Night in Soho, big recommend as well. So a little bit of everything this week for you in our reviews. Mom, <laughs> what do you think? I love it. I hated it. And we look forward to this weekend. Don't get too excited, folks. Not not a huge movie weekend, but Jared, what can we look forward to? It's coming right for us! Oh, we got some big things coming out. Honestly, I think the only thing you should probably see is the Belfast movie that uh, Seth was creaming his jeans over. I'm looking forward to that one. But yeah, Clifford, the big red dog, that menace to society is on the loose uh, if you want to check that out. So kiddos uh, or people listening with kids, you want to take your kids out? Let him watch the Big Red Dog. Clifford is there. Go and check it out. A Netflix movie, a big one. I don't know if it's supposed to be good or not, but Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Red Notice. I think it's like a action buddy cop heist movie. I'm probably going to watch it here. I'm going to watch it and review it, but I haven't seen it yet. As of recording, the much-anticipated follow-up to the to the beloved Home Alone franchise. Home Sweet Home Alone. It's a Disney Plus movie. That's what I will say. I know that you're right about it being the highly anticipated because I found out about this today. So <laughs> Disney Plus, kind of the straight-to-DVD version occasionally. <laughs> Home Sweet Home Alone joins Red Notice. Those are your streaming movies this weekend. Clifford the Red Greg Dog. And Belfast, which is getting the star of the week, those are in theaters. So go check those out or some of the films we referenced uh, that came out last week if you're heading out to the movies this weekend. It's coming right for us! We got through a lot. We got through it in pretty decent time, too. So uh, this episode won't be terribly long. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you took away a couple things that you can go and watch this weekend. I started to wrap things up. I almost forgot. We got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more thing. I went to last night in Soho and it was me in the theater and then there was uh, a couple and it was just us. It was just like a night. It was a 945 show on a Monday night. I didn't see them when I first came into the movie theater. And the story is not about me doing something stupid and then seeing that they were there, but it was very empty in there. And I don't know if, well, I'm sure you have. Have you guys ever had the experience where you're in like a horror movie or a thriller or anything creepy by yourself in the movie theater because I do not like it. It is an eerie thing to like finish a horror movie and I always sit right up front, right? And I usually sit for a while of the credits. Uh, I don't rush out of the theater often. And so it happens to me occasionally that I'll like finish a horror movie, I'll get up and turn around and there's no one in the fucking room with me. It happened in Halloween 
And then it happened again during Last Night in Soho. I kept like having to look around me. And that movie's <laughs> not like a horror movie, but it is, you know, it's got some creepy sections in it. And then, you know, the movie comes to an end and it gets quiet in there. And you start looking around and you realize like, I'm in this big room by myself. It's fucking creepy. And especially when it's late at night like that and there's not a lot of other people in the theater in general and you're not hearing the other screens going and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, but it's like two or three times it's happened to me and I get really creeped out. I, I don't want to be the only one in the movie theater. Not for a creepy movie. If it's something fun that I can yell at the screen at or or whatever, great. But take a buddy with you to the spooky films because that's that's a creepy situation <laughs> to realize you're in. I didn't like it. I think, I think the closest kind of situation for me, and maybe this is crazy, but sometimes either during a spooky movie or, or my brain will just wander, I always feel like someone's under my seat and going to grab my ankles. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's not good. They're always above me and behind, like they're going to grab my shoulder. That's my, like, you get that itch, like, ugh, I got to fucking, someone's there. It's same same thing, different location, but ugh, I, I hate that feeling. And it's like someone's got to be in here looking at me. The room's too big. I don't know. <laughs> what it? What? Oh man, that's that's even creepier when if you were to look around and then you saw like a little like peephole through the wall. When I did see those, um, well, there's a giant peephole in the back of the theater <laughs> where the projector is. The two people were sitting in the dead back. I sit right up front, and they sit in the very back. And so if you're looking uphill at them. I couldn't see them very... I didn't see them before I heard them. Trailers were going on and it would get quiet in between. And then I would hear like little sounds. And at first I was like, oh, that's from the movie next door. Because I didn't see them when I walked in. And there was a little bit of time where I was like, there's no way I'm fucking sitting in here by myself and watch this this movie. And then I spotted them and I was like, okay, I'm not the only one in here. So it was fine. But yeah, the mind does wander. You're right about that, Jared. My one more thing. I don't really have anything too crazy or anything. Let's just say listeners participate in these kind of fun secret games sign up for the newsletter check out our website again cody's put a lot of work into that and does some fun behind the scenes things we have some cool things that we're maybe working on who knows uh timeline wise but yeah just go and you know support keep supporting this podcast you know let's do this all together yay i'm, I'm fist pumping right now <laughs> fist pumps for everybody my one more thing another uh actually another movie theater experience so for this belfast screening it was a free screening for loyalty members and you had to go to the box office to get tickets you couldn't get them online there wasn't like reserved seating so when i got the ticket stub there wasn't a seat assigned on it so i kind of figured that you know it was first come first serve and there would be people there early i also was unsure though of what the clientele base was going to be for this movie because the like i said the trailer is it's all black and white takes place in the 60s it doesn't look like it doesn't have like any marketable stars really in it so i'm like okay it's probably not gonna be it'll probably be an older crowd what i, I so i was like okay if i want to get a somewhat decent seat i'll go i'll i'll get there to the theater normally i get there at showtime and that's like i'm usually one of the first people there so I'm like i'll get there 10 minutes early so that'll give me i can go get food find a seat and then people start rolling in shortly after i get there I was wrong. I walk in immediately and I see people sitting in the front row. Not the front front row, but the one like right behind it. And I look up when I turn the corner and see every seat's basically taken behind. So I had, my only choice was sitting in the front row like with basically ground level like right 
your head is basically oh, ground level. Oh, no. Um, which ended up being okay once you lean the recliners back. You know, it, it was just a huge screen. Kind of a weird angle, but it was fine. That being said, though, one, old people must have get must have gotten there at fucking, like, the screening's at 7. They must have gotten there at, like, 620. Because, I mean, it was packed, packed. And I got there at 650. So there had to be people. On a Monday? On a Monday night, too. That's yeah. crazy. So then, two, the other thing is... If I can help not sitting next to someone at the theater, regardless of COVID or not, part of the reason I like getting reserved seats is because I can do that. Like, if, if I don't think it's going to be a, a packed screening or whatever, like, I can get on my phone beforehand and, like, oh, fake reserve dirty, seat. dirty, man. Do that type of stuff. Well, I don't want people sitting next to me. Some people I know, just... but it's a smart thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I was in that front, front row. When I got there, there was people at the end. Another couple came in and sat at the other end, and I was in the middle. Another couple came in like right as the movie is about to start, sit next to the couple at the end. They were taking up, each taking up a recliner type thing. So there's basically how these seats are. There's It's a love seat with like an arm rest in the middle. And so they were taking up each a full love seat. So essentially they, four seats, right? So they might not have been there together. I don't know if they were a couple. Yeah, but they were essentially taking up four seats. So this new couple that came in, they sat, one of them sat next to... Like the person in the love seat there, and then they took the other one. Like so, they were kind of doing the same thing. They didn't like those seats though, so then they moved over to me and did the same thing. Even though to the left of me there was an entire love seat, they could have taken an entire love love seat up. Instead, they the lady sat next to me in my love seat, and then the guy sat on the other side. You could have yeah. had your own full thing. I and yeah. so I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna finish my chicken strips. And then I'm going to move over. <laughs> but I first I first leaned over and said, you guys can have this love seat. I'm going to move over one. And she goes, no, no, no. You don't have to do that. Bitch, I'm giving you the mm-hmm. out here. You, I don't want to sit next to you. It's clear. I'm just trying to be nice and giving you that option so you, you don't should. think I'm weird for moving. <laughs> and she goes, no, said. no, don't do that. And I go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move over. She goes, no, no, don't do it. Why? I told you I'm going to move. I'm <laughs> yeah. moving over. I just said, no, I'm going to move, and then moved over and didn't speak another word to her. But if someone's giving you an out like that, fucking take it. What is your problem? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's weird. You weirdo. She's trying to like grab some nuts during the movie or I something? I don't know. She wanted some of those chicken strips, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Man. You know, was this wasn't was this real, was this a, a Marcus thing, or was it an Indiegogo screening? No, it was Marcus. Because I've, I've, I've tried to go to an Indiegogo screening before, and the same thing happened. Like, I showed up at Showtime, and it was fully full. Mm-hmm. I think they might, like, give, they might give out more tickets than they have seats. And so in those situations, that did happen to me once. Um, but I don't know how Marcus does it. Maybe it's a little different. But that is a surprise. I, I definitely have not even considered what it would be like to walk yeah. into a theater and that's, without a reserved seat. And I would have, if, like, if I would have come in in that front row, like, that the row I sat in was taken up and there was only the front front left, I would have just turned around and left. Um, I would have been like, I'll watch it on you know Thursday or Friday and pay the 12 bucks. I'd rather enjoy the movie than sit there and break my neck like we did for Star Wars that one time. This one, it was just annoying. Like, I don't even mind that it was like that. It was a free movie. So, you know, I, that's fine. If I have to get there and, and get a somewhat bad seat or not get the seat I'm used to, cool, it's a free movie. But... That's the shit I don't miss about going to movies without assigned seats is that people will sit right next to you when there's clearly places that you can sit elsewhere that aren't directly next to someone, especially when you're in a love seat like that. Like that's not there's not really a block between you. You share this love seat armrest like 
just be mindful of other people. I don't want to sit directly next to you like this and hold your fucking hand and touch your feet the whole time with our recliners up. So, yeah. moron. That sucks. Man. Yeah, that sounds like pure insanity and anarchy with no no assigned seats. Yeah. That's brutal. We went to French Dispatch a few weeks ago, and we got in there, and we're late getting there after dinner. So we missed, a, you know, maybe three, four minutes of the movie. And someone was definitely sitting, like, right in one of our seats and mm-hmm. didn't even, like, look at us when we walked in. Like, we paused. <laughs> she stood uh, in front of the chair and, like, looked at it and looked at the number and then looked at me. And I looked at the guy sitting in it, and he he never looked up at us. And I'm like, you know that's not your fuck. You you know what seat you're supposed to be in, and so you must know that that's not it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything to him because the movie was on. If it was still in trailers, I would have said anything. I'm not going to sit in that seat. But I like letting people know, hey, man, don't fucking do that. And it was fine. Mm-hmm. We just moved down a little bit. But, yeah, I the, the assigned seating thing is necessary because people are worse now than they were three, four years ago, and they were bad then. Can't leave it up to people to pick their own fucking chairs or you run into situations like that. This lady definitely just wanted your chicken strips, though. <laughs> so we got chicken strips and shared love seats. But get out and support the show and all of its things. Hopefully, very soon, hopefully, we got some new projects coming your way. So support everything. And then be careful. If you're not going to be in a fully packed theater with women eating your chicken strips, then also don't be in an empty theater for a scary movie. That's that's pretty creepy. So lots going on this week and one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Now we are going to wrap up the show here. I want to thank everyone for joining us. November 17th, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central, 6 Pacific on J-Buck Studios' YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. Live recording of the Entertainment Outhouse. Don't want to miss that. Uh, between now and then, head out to sociallyconstipatedpod.com. Hit us with some comments. Join the mailing list. Become an anchor wanker. All Wanka. that stuff is going to get you entered, uh, give you the best opportunity to win some movie tickets, maybe some Iron Sheet gear. Who knows what will be given out on that show. So we hope to see you there. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we hope you'll come back next week to join us uh, for Socially Constipated Gridiron Grunts and Entertainment Outhouse. For now, though, we're going to get you off into your movie weekend and wrap up this episode. So for Jared Buckendall and Seth Ott, I've been Cody Michael, and we'll see you next time. Bye.